are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Uh, for today's show, we're going to be giving our predictions, or our playoff predictions. I'll tell you a quick update on how my predictions went for the wild card round. I'll give you my prediction for the divisional series, the AL and wild, in the AL and National League. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. All right, so let's first look at that Padres versus Dodgers game. And for that Dodgers versus Brewers series in the wild card round, I did pick the Dodgers to win that one in a sweep, I believe. So I did get that one right. And I did, unfortunately, I, I did not pick the Padres, though, to win their series. I picked the Cardinals. I, I almost got every wild card game prediction wrong. But you know that, you know, you want to know what the reason was? It was because. I didn't have a Built Bar, and so my brain was messed up. So don't forget to go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. But no, the real reason is because it's the first round, just the wild card round. So I didn't really use, you know, I looked up stats. I looked up numbers, but a lot of that was just gut feeling. A lot of that was just me, you know, BSing a little bit, you know, saying the Padres were just going to Padre it up. But you know what? Now we'll come with our real playoff predictions. We'll come with their real insight. We'll come with the real knowledge, and we'll really pick these games and tell you who's going to win these series, and maybe you'll be surprised, maybe you won't be, but I'm going to give you the real hard facts, the real numbers, and tell you why each team is going to win, and really, uh, you know, give you the real raw, the, the real business today, and actually pick these things correctly. So, let's first start with that Dodgers versus Padres series, and and the Dodgers had a clean sweep over the Brewers, and this was one where their offense looked pretty good, I believe. I, I'm looking at the numbers now. The offense was all right. They only put up seven runs in two games. But it was really the pitching of the Dodgers that did a number on the Brewers in that one. If I look at just the offensive numbers right now for the Dodgers, uh, not too many guys had huge games. Mookie Betts went, had a really good series, just a two-game sample size against the Brewers. He had three hits in seven at-bats to go along with three RBIs. All three of his hits were doubles, so he, re- he he did a really good job in that series. He did his job from the superstar. Bellinger was okay. He only had two hits, no RBIs. Uh, it was really Mookie Betts who led that team. A.J. Pollock had one RBI. Corey Seager had an RBI. And Will Smith had an RBI. 
And then also Austin Barnes had an RBI. So that's where all your runs scoring came from. You only had seven runs scored in that series by the Dodgers. Three of them were produced by Mookie Betts because he's that kind of guy. And he's a big-time player. This is why when people say Trout is better than Mookie Betts, yes, in the regular season, but... Trout doesn't elevate his game when we get closer to playoffs. I'm not going to make this a whole Trout conversation, but this is why I think Mookie Betts is a little bit better than Trout because he does better in the bigger moments. And go look at their career splits, second half of seasons. Go look at their career splits as they get later into the season. Mookie Betts elevates his game while Mike Trout usually stays the same or plateaus. But back to this series at hand, this was really a series based on the Dodgers pitching. Uh, Walker Bueller was okay. He only went uh, went four innings in his one start, gave up two earned runs. But he did strike out eight. But, you know, you would have liked to see a little bit more of Walker Bueller going deep into a ball game. Clayton Kershaw was dominant in his one start. He did exactly what the Dodgers needed. This was great, Clayton Kershaw. He went eight innings, only three hits, no earned runs, and 13 strikeouts. Probably won the... Probably the best start of Kershaw's career in the playoffs. And I don't know if, you know, the lack of fans, you know, the the lack of a playoff pressured atmosphere really helps Kershaw in that situation because we've seen him a bunch in his throughout his time in his career in the playoffs. We've seen him a bunch struggle in the playoffs. We've seen his numbers, his ERA balloon from a 2-4-3 to a 4-4-3 once we get to the playoffs. So we know He's an elite pitcher in the regular season, maybe the greatest ever, but once he gets to the playoffs, something seems to happen to Clayton Kershaw, and he seems to take a step backwards, but that didn't happen in this first game that he pitched against the Brewers, so if he can keep that up against the Padres, you know, that would be a huge uh, game changer for the Dodgers, and if you look at this Padres team, this off- this is an offense that put on some fireworks in this Cardinals series, specifically that game two where they put up 11. They put up four runs in game one in the loss and four runs in game two in the loss or excuse me game three in the loss but for the Padres you know we saw some great stuff out of their hitters we saw two home runs from Will Myers in that wild card round we saw two home runs from Tatis Jr. so a home run from Cronenworth so we know the Padres can score quickly in a hurry even Manny Machado had a home run too I don't want to forget about him he had 19 runs scored in the series for the Padres so you had a lot of good things working on offense so if I'm the Dodgers I'm a little concerned about that Padres offense there's a lot of guys a lot of guys in the middle of the lineup with some pop. I like Hosmer this season. I like Grisham. Uh, you know, Tatis Jr. and Machado. There's not enough you could say about them. So I really like their team in the middle of their lineup. And their pitching in that last series, uh, it wasn't too bad outside of game two. Let me look at who started real quick for them and how they did. They had Zach Davies starting. He, he wasn't good in his one start. He only went two innings. Four earned runs, and then Chris Paddock was the other starter. He got shelled also, so you don't like to see that uh, from your two starters. But they still have Trevor Rosendahl in the blue uh, in the bullpen, and they had some. You know, hopefully they could get Mike Clevenger back in the series. I know there's been some talks about that, but who I'm picking in this series, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers to win three to two over the Padres. This series is going five. I think these two teams are very close. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Padres win this one, but I'm going Dodgers over Padres in five games then the Marlins over the Cubs uh that was the wild card round that's what happened the the Marlins beat the Cubs 2-0 to get to the 
divisional series, and I did pick the Cubs, unfortunately, in that one. And then the Braves beat the Reds 2-0, and I did, pe- I did pick the Reds as well. So now it's Braves-Marlins when I picked Cubs-Reds, and that's okay. They, they both proved me wrong. And the Marlins pitching just looked legit, holding the Cubs to only one run. The same could be said for the Braves, who held the Reds to no run scored. So both of these teams come in with combined one earned run allowed in the postseason so far. And we saw some positive things from the Marlins in terms of pitching. Their pitching was really stout in that series. I mentioned only one earned run. That was by Sandy Alcantara. He's been a beast all year, and he went six and two-thirds with only one earned run. So he was very good in his one start. Brad Boxberger was you know, he didn't really go too deep into his start. He only went 1.1 innings pitch. That was more of a bullpen by committee kind of start. But we saw Sixto Sanchez. Or excuse me, Brad Box, Brad Boxberger didn't even start. I read the wrong number. It was Sixto Sanchez who started for the Marlins. And he was actually pretty good in his start. He went five innings, no earned runs, six strikeouts. So the starters came in, did their job, and then the bullpen closed the door for the Marlins. But... On the offensive side, they only scored, what, seven earned runs in this series. You would like to see that number go up. You did get three home runs out of the Marlins, but I don't love their starting lineup. They do have starting Marte, the former Diamondback, but their lineup leaves me, you know, a little bit uh, concerned because I don't know how deep they are. I feel like their team is not that deep uh, in terms of, uh, I feel like their team is not that deep in terms of, you know, a quality core in their middle of their lineup. Uh, I don't really love any of their guys. Brian Anderson, I guess, is their best offensive player, you could say. Maybe Starling Marte. I feel like this team doesn't have a bunch of studs in this lineup. So that's going to be a little wary against his Braves, who didn't put up a ton of runs either. Only six runs scored in their two games. But I, I think they just have such a dominant uh, offensive lineup, and it, you didn't see it showcased against the Reds, but they got Acuna, they got Freddie Freeman, they got Ozzy Albies, they got uh, who else do they have that's pretty good? Dansby Swanson, who hit 10 home runs this year, Adam Duvall, who hit 16, Marcel Azuna, who hit 18 home runs. They have five, six all star level talent uh, in that middle of their lineup that could just you know, carry that team offensively and just smash the cover off the ball. And then if you look at their pitching, you got Max Freed, who's really good, who made a start when seven innings, no earned run. They had Ian Anderson, who made their other start, six innings, no earned runs. Then their bullpen just shut down. Mark Melanson, Darren O'Day, Will Smith, they have so many guys in that bullpen. And they just shut down the Reds pitching, uh, or the Reds hitting. And the Reds pitching did do a good number against the Braves. But overall, you got to be impressed with what the Braves did in that series when it came to pit when it came to pitching so for that reason I'm actually going to pick the Braves over the Marlins. I think it'll be kind of a close series, but I don't think the Marlins have the batch to match to match up with the Braves. So I'm going to say the Braves win this one in four, a 31 series. Now, coming up, I'll tell you about the AL Divisional Series who's going to win that, but first, let me tell you guys about Postmates because when you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9, a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., or ibuprofen at 10 a.m., just Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, what kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional re- retailers you could possibly want or need. 
24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to it, and let's go through these American League Divisional Series. So let me just close some tabs on my computer and get this thing started for you. And we're going to first go over Yankees versus Rays. I actually picked the Rays to beat the Blue Jays, so let's clap it up for me real quick. One of the only series I picked right, but unfortunately, I think I did pick the Indians over the Yankees. I really like that Indians pitching. I thought their offense was good enough, but the Yankees just absolutely demolished the Indians. And their pitching wasn't great, but their offense, I mean, they, they put up 22 runs in two games. Not much you could do there. And then for the Rays, it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of, they, they had an interesting series as well. I'll say that because they had the good pitching, only three earned runs allowed to the Blue Jays, but they put up eight runs on the Blue Jays' heads in Game 2, so you'd like to see that. And I'll first start with the Rays and how they did uh, against the Blue Jays. And I just uh, it took me a second to find my footing because I'm just looking at the box score. I didn't even realize Robbie Ray took a loss for Game 1 against the Blue Jays. I just found that to be funny. I mean, we know how bad Robbie Ray was for the D-backs, and it wasn't awful in that game. They still only gave up... Uh, three earned runs to the race. I don't know exactly what he did. I'm not looking at the final box score. I could easily figure out what Robbie Ray did in that series. He went three innings pitch and only gave up one earned run. So Robbie Ray was actually pretty solid. I mean, I know he struggled a little bit with his command probably. He had only one walk, five strikeouts. So you know what? Clap it up for Robbie Ray. Even though he took the L, he actually looked like he made an impact in the postseason, which that's all we ever wanted for the D-backs, to see Robbie Ray in the postseason and do well. But I digress. So for the Rays in this series, Ray's offense had a couple home runs. We saw a home run from Manuel Margot and a home run from Hunter Renfro. So you like to see that. Uh, Hunter Renfro had four ribbies. Margot had three ribbies in this series. So that was seven of the ten runs accounted for by two guys. And I, I'm just not in love with this Rays lineup. I don't think this Rays lineup really has much. Uh, when you definitely, you know, juxtapose it with the Yankees lineup, I mean, Brandon Lowe had 14 home runs. There were three other guys with at least eight home runs. But those guys could not hit for average at all. Hunter Renfro is one of those guys with eight home runs, but only batted 156 on the season. With a 645 OPS, that's just not going to get uh, get it done. There's a bunch of, what, one, two, three, four, five, six guys on this team who 
has an OPS of like 715 or or less on this uh, Rays squad. That's just not going to get it done for this Rays team. And I do like their pitching. Their pitching was very good in that series against the Blue Jays. And their pitching has been good all year. I like Glasnow, Yarborough, Blake Snell, Josh Fleming. The Rays have some elite pitching. And the same can be said for the Yankees. But... The Yankees bats might just be too much to overcome in this series, and they really put on a, a show in that series against the Indians. We saw home runs by Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, two by Stan, uh, even uh, who else had a home run in this series? Glaber Torres, Gio Ursula. A bunch of home runs were flying all over the lar for all over the yard for the Yankees. It was really good showing by their bats. But how about their pitching? How did their pitching look? We saw Zach Britton. Uh, he didn't look too good. Two run runs and one point one innings pitch. Luis Sessa wasn't great. One earned run and two innings pitch. Chapman was good. He gave up no earned runs. Garrett Cole made his one start. He went seven innings, only two earned runs allowed. So you like to see that. Tanaka did not look good. Six earned runs allowed in his one start. So Yankees bullpen, a lot of those guys came in and gave up earned runs. You saw Tanaka as a starter did not have such a good game. So this is going to be a battle of Yankees offense versus the Rays pitching. And who do I think will come out? On top of that one, I do think it will be the Yankees. I love the Rays pitching. I do think it's stacked, but I think the Yankees offense mixed with you'll probably get at least one start from Garrett Cole. And if they could just somehow get a bullpen game together and another start, I think the Yankees offense could find a way to win one game by itself. So because of that, I'm going Yankees over Rays, five-game series. They're going to win 3-2. to two. And then finally, last AL wildcard series, another one, another one of the few I picked, right? I did have the Astros beating the Twins. Unfortunately, I had the White Sox beating the A's, and they should have beat the A's. The A's always lose a wildcard game when it's just one game. But since it was the three-game series for the wildcard, that's why they won, because they did lose the first game, of course, to the White Sox. But then they won the next two. But let's first start with the Houston Astros, whose offense didn't look that great, only put up seven earned runs in this series, as their offense really has struggled all year now that they don't know what pitches are coming. But... You know, you had a Carlos Correa home run. You had some RBIs from Michael Brantley, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. As I already said, George Springer, Kyle Tucker. So a lot of your main guys were the ones who were contributing to the offense, and they did just enough in that series. Then you had your pitching from Zach Granke. who only gave up one earned run in the four innings. He made his start. And you had Jose Urquidy, who made his start, went four and a third innings, and only gave up one earned run as well. So your starters did good. Both of your starters only gave up one earned run apiece, even though even though they didn't go that deep into the bull game. But you had Framber Valdez had of a pitch five innings in this series, which really helped out the bullpen. And you had Christian Javier go another three innings. So when you had two guys who've been long relief guys, spot starters throughout the whole year, now you put them in outside. Now now you put them in the games out of your bullpen. They can just easily go three to five innings and just really save your bullpen. So I thought that was really good managerial work by the the Astros manager in that series against the Twins. But how about the, the offense and the pitching of the Oakland A's? I really thought the White Sox were going to win that series, but the A's put up one run in game one. They put up five in game two and put up six in game three with just enough to beat the White Sox. 
the White Sox to never crack more than four earned runs. And so the A's did what they needed to do. They got a home run, one home run from Chris Davis, who is a beast when it comes to power, a home run from Sean Murphy, and a home run from Marcus Simeon. So some guys that you would definitely expect to hit the home runs in that series for the team because those are really their power hitters. And I, I don't think I love this uh, Oakland A's lineup if I go take a look at their team right now. I mean, you had... Baseball reference to stop glitching. Had Matt also in 14 home runs, but he only batted 195. Matt Chapman had 10, but he only batted 232 uh, with a 276 OBP. So he's either hitting home runs or he's not doing uh, doing much. And then a lot of these other guys, I'm just not in love with this lineup. Marcus Simeon had a pretty down year, definitely by his standards, last year when he was a top five MVP candidate. Roman Laureano is not, is not hitting as well. There hasn't been the power there this season for Chris Davis. So I really don't like this offensive lineup. And then I hate their pitching outside of Chris Bassett. I don't think their starting pitching is good. They have a dominant bullpen, but I think their starting pitching is really bad. So I think they're going to need to do a lot of bullpen games in that one. But if I had to pick who's going to win that series, I'm going to go with the Astros because I do like their starting lineup. Then I do like their pitching a little bit better. Maybe the A's have a better bullpen, but I like Granke. I like some of their other arms in that rotation and then their bullpen as well. I just think they're, they're even though their starting lineup is known for being cheaters and getting their offensive production like that, I don't think it's they, they spent their entire career cheating. So I do think their, their offense has talent. I think it could show up big time in this series against the A's. I just don't trust that A's starting rotation. I don't trust that starting lineup. So because of that, going Astros over the Oakland A's 3-1 to one in a four-game series. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more D-backs news, playoff coverage, and don't forget, it's your team every day, so we'll be right back here tomorrow. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Peace!